This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We're a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Sterling Vineyard. Um, what a privilege it has been for me to be asked to come and speak to you guys this morning. Now, I have met some of you before, but um, this is my first time actually here at Sterling Vineyard, so thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I come bearing much love and blessings from Falkirk Vineyard, and isn't it beautiful to be able to come to a different vineyard church with its own distinct flavor, but know immediately that we are family, even with those of you that I have never met before. We are all part of the vineyard church, and while we know that we are just one thread in the bigger tapestry of the whole church, we believe that God has given us a unique color of thread, if you like. We don't believe that we are better than any other church, um, or we are better than anyone else. In fact, we love all expressions of the church, and we are for them. There are, however, some things that as a vineyard church we hold dear to our hearts. We call them vineyard distinctives. Now, after thinking about you guys and praying for you, I have decided to talk about one of them today. When John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, first became a Christian, he looked at the Bible and realized that the people in the Bible were living exciting lives and moving in great power, and he wondered when he was going to get to do the stuff that they were doing, healing the sick, making the blind see, and raising the dead. When he asked the people in his church about this, they seemed confused, and they said, we read about this stuff, we study this stuff, we talk about the stuff, but we don't actually do any of it. This disappointed Wimber, and he famously said, when I worked for the devil, he let me do his stuff, but when I came to work for Jesus, they wouldn't let me do his stuff, and I signed up to do the stuff. When he started to look into this, he realized that doing the things in the Bible was for everyone and not just the few. And he had a phrase which he often used, and it was, everybody gets to play and it became one of the core beliefs and part of the vineyard DNA. This value, everybody gets to play, is what I'm gonna be talking to you about today. And I believe this is exactly how Jesus wants the church to function. When everyone gets to play, this is when the church is at its best. Now, I live in a house with my three boys and my husband, Ryan. My boys are growing up, or grown up now, they're 20, 16, and 13. So over the years, I have done my fair share of dodging wet toilet seats. <laughs> the three other boys aren't here today, but Ryan is, so you're the only one here to defend yourself about the, the wet toilet seats. But also, being a mother of boys, I have watched a lot of superhero movies. Uh, Star Wars, Black Panther, Batman, Spider-Man, Indiana Jones, all of them. You name it, I have watched it. And all of my kids have enjoyed dressing up like one of their heroes when they were little. I even remember we had a Star Wars birthday party for my five-year-old. And I thought, in my infinite wisdom, that it would be a good idea to give 40 children foam lightsabers so that they could keep the balloons up. Um, 
they were not keeping the balloons up. There was a lot of tears and um, maybe a few black eyes. So anyone thinking that this might be a good idea for your child's party, I'll let you know in advance, it is not. Each of my kids have been into different things at different times, and they have tried to emulate their heroes. As they grew up, they even put up posters in the room of whoever they were into at the time. Why do they admire those people? Because their heroes have talents, gifts, superpowers, or personalities that they want to emulate. They want to become like them. Little kids really believe that they can be like their heroes. They don't think heroism is only for the few. Now, I have a little friend, Jonah. He is five now, but when he was three, I used to help look after him when his mum was working. Some days, I would go to his house and I'd try to speak to him. I'd say something like, right, Jonah, come on, let's go and get your sister, pick her up from school. And he would totally ignore me. When I inquired as to why this was, he would look at me deadpan in the eye and say, I'm not Jonah. I'm Batman. And then I'd have to say, right, Batman, let's get going. And he would happily fly along with me on the way to school, defending the planet as he went. Maybe this is why kids are so good at jumping in and getting involved with God's stuff when they get the chance. They still believe that they can be or do anything. When my youngest, Zach, was nine years old, he told me that he was going to go to space when he was older. Just matter of fact, on the way home from school, well, he was either going to be a spaceman or an Olympic runner, one of the two. Not many adults have either of those two ambitions in their five to ten year plans. As adults, we seem to have lost our sense of wonder, and becoming like our heroes seems unattainable. Doing the same things as them feels like an unreachable goal for us because we, are, we think that they are so different from the rest of us. Do you know, sometimes at churches, we can almost do the same thing. We may not put up posters on our walls, but we can fall into the trap of putting certain people on a pedestal. We might follow them on Instagram, listen to all of their podcasts, read their books, listen to their albums. We think they are some kind of super Christian. We all have become aware recently of the danger of what can lie behind the scenes of this celebrity church culture. There's been a shift as we see God bringing into light what has happened in the secret place, and we have witnessed the fallout. We've grieved as we've watched what happens when Christians abuse their power to harm others or to build toxic ministries. There's been a fall and a toppling of platforms. And this type of celebrity church culture is crumbling. But I believe that there is a fresh longing for God, for humility, for authenticity and integrity. Where man is not worshipped, but God alone. In our own context, though, we might hear ourselves saying how gifted or talented certain people are in the vineyard. And deep down, we may believe that such things are out of reach for us. We look at people who are delivering a prophetic word, leading worship so beautifully, planting churches, preaching an incredible sermon, coming to church with exciting stories of how God has used them in their workplace. We look at people who pray with such authority and we describe them as real men or true women of God, as if the rest of us are fake. We believe that they are without insecurity or doubt and they are cut from a different type of cloth. We might become intimidated and it confirms to us that they are different and we think we can even attempt to be like them. But, Sterling Vineyard, I'm here to tell you today that, that there is no room for superstars in the church. There should be no elitism. 
The Bible is full of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And the truth is, the people that you think are so gifted and brave, they are the same as you and I. They are just ordinary people who have said their yes to God and joined in with his work. The wonderful thing about God is that he doesn't show favoritism. In Acts 10, verse 34 to 36, in the message version, it says this. Peter fairly exploded with the good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no, different who you are, makes no difference who you are or where you are from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel, that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere among everyone. True Christianity is so exciting. When you follow Jesus, you are supposed to be living an exciting life. Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Unfortunately, for many people, this is not the case. And I think the reason people see Christianity as boring is because some Christians are boring. <laughs> Maybe it's because they became a Christian and they think that's it. They're waiting with their ticket to heaven, but there's so much more for them and they're missing out. Now, when I was a little girl, I wasn't too bad at sports. I used to play football with the boys at lunchtime and I just loved running races. My family moved to Texas when I was just about to start high school. In America, I went to middle school and we all had the opportunity to try out for a sports team. I decided to try out for the basketball team. I had never played basketball before. And in America, it's like football is here. Everyone played basketball and they watched the games. They all had their team. Um, so it made for a pretty interesting tryout for me because I actually didn't know the rules. So I was very enthusiastically breaking all of them. So you won't be surprised to hear that when they listed the players that they had chosen for the team, my name wasn't on the list. Has this ever happened to you? It's pretty soul-destroying. You have put yourself out there. You haven't been selected. You weren't good enough. I was young, but I remember that feeling well. How I thought I would actually have had a chance to be picked for the team, I have no idea. But I actually did think I had a chance, and it hurt. However, I was picked for something. My family liked to laugh about this part of the story, but I was picked to be the manager of the team. Now, you might be hoodwinked by the title I was given, as indeed I was. <laughs> but what this really meant was that I got to go along to practice with the girls who did make the cut. But my job was to pick up and put away all the basketballs and the equipment when they were done. I got to participate in the training once my work was done, but I never got to play any games. I didn't get a basketball strip. I didn't have a number. I got a lot to go along to the games and sit on the sidelines, keeping track and marking down every girl that scored or had an assist. I was there, but it was terrible. A constant reminder that I wasn't good enough with no chance to make the team that was already chosen. Now, I can laugh now, but I think we all have a story of a time where we weren't picked for the team or we felt overlooked. And quite frankly, it's not the best feeling, is it? This is not the way that God works. He doesn't have tryouts and pick the elite team while the rest of us have to scramble for our place. 
There is no A and B team. We are all on the A team. You don't have to audition for Jesus. He has already chosen you. You have been selected for his team. You get to play. Jesus commissions anyone who wants to be commissioned, regardless of personality, social standing, past history, gifting, smartness, or anything else that you might think about that could disqualify you. Jesus wants to involve you for his plan in the world. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Of course, we're all unique, and no two people will experience the commissioning the same way, but that is the beauty of it. We need everyone with their own unique gifting and talents to get involved. We are all made in the image of God. We all have something very important to contribute to the story. The Bible talks about the church as a body, where we all are different parts of the same body, but we cannot function without the other. God formed us with a destiny and a purpose, but we are all meant to carry his kingdom to this world. What John Wimber discovered is that God was more generous than he had ever imagined, and God wanted to involve people in the work of the kingdom. Everybody that believes in Jesus can have the experience of Jesus living in them, and we get to continue the, his ministry here on earth. So it doesn't matter if you are five years old, or if you have been a Christian five minutes, five years, or even 50 years, everybody gets to play. You see this all throughout the Bible. God uses everyone. Remember the story in the Bible when Jesus was teaching 5,000 people and then it got to lunchtime and the disciples told Jesus that people needed their lunch and Jesus said, you feed them, but they didn't know how. It was a little boy with his packed lunch that ended up coming along and offering his food. Jesus multiplies that little boy's lunch and the disciples got involved passing it all out. Here is an example where everybody gets to play. God used what that little boy had in his hands and did something miraculous with it. The Bible is full of stories like this. God loves to do it. God takes the most ordinary or indeed most unlikely person and he uses them in the most incredible ways. Not just as a one-off, but time and time and time again. It is absolutely not the case that there are a chosen few and the rest of us are on the sidelines. The exact same principle applies to us today. We believe this isn't only for the Bible times. We believe we are the next chapter and we can do the same things as the disciples and Jesus. In fact, look what Jesus says in the Bible. John 14. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works I have been doing. And they will do greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified to the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That is us that he is talking about. And what is the qualification? Whoever believes in him. There is no mention of if you are male or female, young or old, what your upbringing was, whether you've been to Bible college or not, who your parents are, or how long you've been a Christian. The Bible says, whoever believes in him, that's it. That is the qualification. Now, when I first came along to the Vineyard Church, I was about 23 years old, and I had been brought up in church and experienced like a few different churches in my time. But I was still shocked when I came 
to the vineyard and they expected that I could do things like pray for people or prophesy. I think I knew in theory that everyone was maybe able to do those things, but what I came to realize is that I didn't really believe it, not for one minute. And when people started to give me words or pictures, I was in awe. I love to hear from God through these other people, but I certainly didn't think that it would be happening through me. I was really scared that my cover would be blown and they would find out that my level of spirituality was just too low. Maybe I would be able to say a prayer out loud if I had been given notice and I had had a chance to write it down and think about it. But no chance would I be able to hear from the Holy Spirit myself. I believed deep down to my core that some people were super gifted because God maybe loved them more or they were holier than me. But what I was being told in this church was that core belief was wrong and anyone could do it if they wanted. The thing I was confused about was that it wasn't those people who had the power. They were just willing to let God use them. And it was his power that flowed through them. There have been times since when God has given me words of prophecy or a word of knowledge for people. Sometimes I have prayed for someone and they have been physically or emotionally healed. But it's not me. We are not responsible for healing or whatever the seemingly impossible task is that we are asking God for. We are just responsible for the asking. And God loves to bless people and is always speaking. The problem was never with God. The problem was I wasn't listening, or maybe it was more I didn't really know how to listen. I remember there was a time where I was getting a little bit more comfortable praying for people, and they put me on the ministry team. Someone came forward, and they had a pain in their back, and they asked me to pray for them. And I actually said to that person, sorry, I don't do healing. You might want to get someone else with a better track record, and I passed them on. <laughs> Even though my thinking was, probably wrong. What I said was, was actually true. I don't do healing. It's only God that can do those things. And you know what? If you feel ill-equipped, even on your best days, you are in the right place. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, weaknesses, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. As soon as we start to think that it's us that can do anything, that's actually when we get on a slippery slope. And if you feel weak, then you are strong. It is then you completely rely on God. The more I get to know God, the funnier that I actually find him. He loves, and I mean loves, to use the most unlikely people to do his work. Moses described himself as not very good with words. He got tongue-tied and um, his words got tangled. But who did God use as the mouthpiece to release from bondage the whole nation of Israel? Moses. He had to speak in front of Pharaoh's court. I am certainly an ordinary person. As much as I have never had a problem talking with people one-on-one, -on -one, um, in life, if I ever had to do any type of public speaking, I would crumble. I actually would. I would be hyperventilating, sweating, and I'm going to tell you this, I was rubbish. 
I had absolutely zero confidence in myself or in anything that I had to say. And it usually ended up in me giggling and stuttering my way through as I was so nervous. And when I was in high school, a teacher got me up in front of the whole class and shouted at me, do you think it's funny that you are stupid? That's the truth. That's actually what happened. And you know what I actually said? Because I was so humiliated. I said, yes, yes, I did think it was funny that I was stupid. And now, look what God asked me to do. While I know I am a work in progress, God is using the girl who could not string two words together and whose teacher thought she was so stupid that she felt the need to humiliate her in front of the whole class to speak to you today. The most unlikely of people. You see, even I get to play. Church should never be a spectator sport with a few people running around, stressed out of their heads, carrying the load, desperate for others to join in. And it shouldn't be a place where there are some elite people who give themselves titles and don't let anyone else do anything because they are the only qualified ones. That is not the deal. When someone would like prayer, you don't have to get Hannah or Ali or Fiona. I'm sure they are wonderful at praying. And they have been called to lead this church. But of course, you guys are accountable to them. And if you ever are worried or have any questions, they're available to ask. But they don't have magic hands. God can use them just like he can use you. Ali and Fiona and Hannah, I like a bit of audience participation. Would you mind standing up? Thank you. Look at these guys. They are wonderful, aren't they? Yes, they are. You're very blessed in this church. But if that was your team on the pitch, it's pretty small, isn't it? Do you guys have small groups in this church? If you're a small group leader, would you stand up, please? Okay. Getting a little bit of a bigger team. If you lead anything in this church, could you please stand up? Oh, your small group leaders lead lots. Oh, there we go, there we go. Great, a little bit bigger. Now, if you can, can everyone stand up? Look around. This is your team. It's bigger. That is the beauty of it. Okay, you can sit down. Now, when we all think of ourselves as the people who can pray, think of how many more people could be ministered to. And it's not just for inside the church. Your leaders do not live in your house with your family. They don't live next door to your neighbors. They don't go to your school or college or uni or workplace. They don't walk their dogs in the same places as you. Do you see what I'm saying? When we all get to play and we join in, things multiply. And so many more people can experience the love of God. So when your friend is hurting and needs healing, you can pray for them. You carry with you Jesus and his power wherever you go. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And that is incredible. And when we grasp this and truly believe it, we can make such a huge impact on our towns and communities. And I think as you spend time with Jesus and you live your life with authenticity, listening to God's promptings with your neighbors and your friends, you will be amazed at what God can do through you in a way that only you can do. So maybe you're all desperate to be part of the team now, but you just don't really know how to do it. That's okay. What Jesus did in the Bible with his 12 disciples was he demonstrated and modeled to them how to do the stuff. 
They followed him around and watched what he did. Then he said, you do it. He commissioned them too and sent them out. And we read of the disciples doing the same things that Jesus did. In Matthew 10, it says this. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them the authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. And further down in that chapter, we read this. Go and announce to them, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Now, he is saying to us, you do it. We are as hands and feet here on earth. If you don't know where to start, it might be a good idea to find someone you see who is doing the stuff that you would like to do. Ask them questions. Watch them. Help them. Learn from them. If someone is acting out a calling in their life similar to what you think you're called to do, well, go and find them. John Wimber used to say, eat the meat and spit out the bones. <laughs> we don't believe anybody is perfect, but we've got a lot to give. Then you might want to serve with them. If you would like to pray with someone, but you don't know how, ask someone who does seem to know how. If you could come and watch. Watch while they're doing things and learn. We should be quick to give away everything that we have learned and been taught. It's not a mystery for the chosen few. Next, be ready yourselves to give it all away. You too can be on the lookout for people who you can welcome into the team. Jesus was incredibly welcoming, even to the most unlikely of people. It's always amazing how quickly God can take the trainee and turn them to be the trainer. Look out for people you can teach, and then it becomes ingrained in the very essence of who we are, and this stuff spreads. Powering pe people empowering other people. Something that we at Falkirk Vineyard leadership team have really been feeling God call us to is this idea that we should be encouraging that mentoring type of living. Looking to someone ahead of us to learn from whilst also looking for someone to pour into as well. Something that we like to encourage people in our church, which is quite practical, is pursue the area you feel called or gifted to. And look for the area where the need is. Both and. And if anyone has a front-facing role, we like to encourage that person to look for an area behind the scenes to serve as well. It's good for you. There may be some... But I'm not sure there are many who would put their hands up and say they are called to put chairs out on a Sunday morning. However, each of you are sitting on a chair today. So whoever did that this morning, thank you. And when you are serving, you are acting just like Jesus. Because remember, he was the one washing the disciples' feet while they had just been busy arguing about who was the greatest. So the next time you look at someone and think, I could never do that. Remember these words. In God's kingdom, everyone gets to play. So go for it. Find somewhere to serve. Keep saying yes to God and see what he will do through you. Could you all stand, please? Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.